out of John's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 37 through 38. Um, you're familiar with it. The Bible says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out. Now, if Jesus were to jump up in this church and cry out, I think you and I would want to pay attention to what he said next. Whatever he said, I would think that's important. If Jesus didn't just say, oh, I, Antonio, I got a little thought here. You might like this. But he, if he jumped up and shouted something out, I'd think, wow, that's important. So this is what he shouted. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, King James says, out of his belly, out of his innermost being, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I bet not a single person that was there at the temple that day understood what Jesus was talking about. But we know what he was talking about. So I want you to just kind of focus on that verse. If you're thirsty, come to me and drink. For out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. Just kind of get that in your mind. And you see that beautiful picture in the middle of that town somewhere in the United States. A well like many all over the world. A unique, a different kind of a well. It's called an artesian well. Everyone say artesian? artesian. Well. That's an artesian well. You see it bubbling up and you see the water overflowing in that beautiful fountain and then flowing out and forming that stream and river. I came before the Lord recently and I was praying about our church, deeply concerned and burdened and just asking the Father about us. And I asked the Father if, if He would show me what is FCC, what is our church, what is Faith Christian Church supposed to be? Sometimes you have to stop rather than just going on day after day in the pattern that you're in and say, what am I supposed to be? What is our family supposed to be? And let the Lord either refresh that vision, give you a fresh vision, a new vision. We need that orientation. I asked the Lord to give me a picture, a graphic illustration that would install a vision in my mind that would be so powerful it would hold my attention when all the uh, distractions of life tried to move me and push me in a wrong direction. And what he showed me, I believe he wants to show you. The vision that he put before me, I believe he wants to put before you. What I'm seeing, I believe he wants us all to see collectively. As I prayed and I sought the Lord, He began to speak to me about artesian wells. Now, I, I knew what an artesian well was, but I thought, let me go to the internet and let me pull up some pictures. And I found some wonderful pictures and I did some research and reading about artesian wells, just kind of refreshed what I had known before from science classes and uh, I've heard messages before likening us or likening the church to, to an artesian well. But that was what the Lord spoke to me. He began to open up the concept of the artesian well. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to start this morning by just sharing a few thoughts with you about what an artesian well is. And I want you to understand 
that when I ask the Lord, what is Faith Christian Church? What is our church supposed to be? This is what he began to talk to me about. An artesian well, it's, it's water, the water of that well springs up from within the earth under the power of its own pressure. In other words, you're, you're not digging down until you hit the water table and then lowering a bucket and drawing the water out. You dig down to the level of the aquifer where the water is under pressure under the earth and you tap it. Everyone say tap it. You tap that water, and when you do, it comes springing up yes. under its own power. Yes. It flows under its own power. I saw a picture of a, a well somewhere in the United States, I forget where it was, that's been flowing since the 1880s. Every day, every night, 365 days of the year, for over 100 years. An old farmer back in the 19th century drilled down with a pipe and hit that water, and it's been flowing ever since. God wants us to understand what an artesian church looks like. You tap it, and it'll flow. You tap it, and it'll flow. Let me say to you that it doesn't need to be pumped up. You don't have to pump it up. If it is the living water, Jesus said it'll spring up out of your heart unto everlasting life. Once you've tapped the flow of an artesian well, what you do with it is up to you. Once you've tapped it, it's up to you. You can cap the well, and you can turn it off and on when you're thirsty, or you can leave it open and let it flow seven days a week. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You've now opened up that well and you're responsible for what you do with it. Cap it, make a water fountain, release it, and let it become an irrigation system. You can have a water fountain for a church, or you can have an irrigation system. You've got to tap the flow. Somebody say amen. Amen. The second thing I want to share with you about this morning is that I want to talk with you about how to tap. How do we tap the living waters? The living waters came into this world when Jesus Christ came into the earth. For God so loved the world, He gave. So there's water in the earth. Living waters in the earth. When He rose up and went back to heaven, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came down. God has not left. Jesus said, I've never left. You can go into certain towns, communities, families. You can meet certain people that seem so dry, so dead. But no one is that far from the water. The living waters here. Let me say it one more time. The living, there's nobody so far that there's not living water available for them or for you. Can you say amen? Amen. So we need to know how do you tap that artesian well? How do you tap the living water? And let me, let me make this, uh, let me make this question really specific to our message. The question that our message is dealing with today is, What is our church supposed to be? Lord, show me. What is this church? And the Lord said, you are supposed to be an artesian well. So the next question is, where does church come from? Now you could build a building, you could put seats out, 
You can get musicians. You can get a fine preacher. You can, uh, you can get some people to come into that building, and you can do it on a Sunday. You can do all those things and it not be a church, a real church. So where does what we call church come from? Have you ever walked out of church and said, wow, we had church today? Or have you ever been in the middle of a service, Holy Ghost starts moving and say, now that's church. There's something about capital C church that people know the difference between that and what oftentimes even spirit-filled Christians walk out of church and complain about and say, this is driving me crazy. I feel so dry. You see, you know the difference between church and church. So where does church come from? I'm asking, where does church come from? Is it something we organize and prepare? And then you, you just uh, hit the button and let it all unfold and and, and it just kind of blesses everyone and everyone gets happy. And, and I mean, you know, I understand the mechanics of that and everything, but you're shaking your head, so I'm getting the idea that you don't think that's really what church is. Well, Jesus kind of answered it here, didn't he? Out of his heart flow the rivers of living water. Church is the flow of the living waters. Church is the flow. If the flow isn't flowing, it's not church. Let me say it again. If the flow isn't flowing, I'm leading you all into a trap. I'm, I'm going to get you to agree with me, and then I've got you. Hallelujah. So you agree with me? It's the flow. It's the flow of the Spirit. Jesus said, where does that thing flow from? Out. Everyone say it. Out of your heart again out of your heart will flow church church flows church flows of thank you church flows out of my heart say it with me again church flows out of my heart you can never walk out again and say I wish I'd have stayed home because church is in your heart and church can flow out of your heart. If it's in, it can flow out. So if it's not flowing, somebody didn't let it out. I don't want to, I'm not being accusatory, but we are in a crisis in our nation today of responsibility. Our society is running away from responsibility. God is calling us to be responsible. Do you know why God is calling you and I to be responsible? Because He has given us power. You have power and authority. You see, the minute you let Jesus come into your life, He gave you the power of life. You're now responsible for that life. So you and I are responsible for the power, the anointing, and the authority He's given us. If He didn't give it to you, it would be cruel of Him to make you responsible. You are responsible. You know, when you got saved, you know what happened? You tapped the flow. Jesus is the flow of the anointing. And you are a tap. You are a tap. Come on. You are a tap. You think you've come to a tap. You think you've come through the doors to a tap. You are the tap. Do you get what I'm saying? You are the tap. The first thing you need to understand about tapping the living water, <coughs> excuse me, that creates church, is that it doesn't come from the spirit realm. You know how everybody says, oh, 
I've tapped into the spirit realm. Now, I want you to, to think with me very practically for a minute. When people talk about, oh, the Lord wants to move in church today. Or somebody walks out of a service where really things happen. And they say, oh, God moved. What do people think in their mind? Where did God move from and what, where did he move into? When he moved, what was, what was that moving? Most people think that you have a church service and at some point God comes in. Seriously. People think, wow, that moment during that second song, something happened. I, something, and they're probably right. You can sense it when something breaks, when something happens. But God did not come in out of the atmosphere. Who's the prince of the power of the air? Jesus didn't say, I come out of the atmosphere. He said, I flow out of your heart. Are you listening to me? So the first thing you need to understand about an artesian church is it doesn't come out of the atmosphere. You don't pray God down. He, he beat you to it. Jesus already came down. He already came down. He's not going to... Hallelujah. He came down and he's here and he said, I abide. If you abide in me, I abide in you and we are one. You and the Father and I, we are one. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? So that, that, that living water comes, hallelujah, from within you and me. The church is not mystical as though God comes out of the, quote, spirit realm. It's relational. That's right. So I'm challenging your thinking today. When you think of the mechanics of how does church happen, many people come to church to see what will happen instead of understanding that you carry everything that you need within yourself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When you come, you come to join with the person on your left and right yes. in worshiping and releasing and letting the flow yes. happen. Yes. Letting God flow. Yes. Can you say praise the Lord? So rather than, quote, attending, everyone say attending. attending. Rather than attending church to see what God might do, open yourself. Everyone say, open yourself. Open yourself. To see what God will do. There's a difference between attending and opening yourself. If you think church is a place where you come and God moves out of the mystical spirit realm, then you attend church and you come to see what God will do. But if you believe in the Artesian church, the church that Jesus gave us, then you come and open yourself and you become part of what Jesus will do. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, this gets good because you can take it home and do this in your house. You can do this in your car. You can do it on the way to work. You know what? You can do it when you're in the middle of your worst day. Hallelujah. You can do it in the middle of trouble. Anywhere the artesian well will flow. So, you and I are the tap of the well. We're the tap of the well. We don't come to church to see if the tap's working. We come together to be the tap. So since the well, the artesian well, the living water, since the living water that is the church doesn't flow through the mystical spirit realm atmosphere, we are the spirit realm. Yeah, yeah. Antonio's the spirit yeah. realm. Hallelujah. If someone says, oh, I, we need to tap the spirit realm, yeah. I would then go over to Antonio 
And I'd say, Antonio, let's you and I pray. And, and, and Antonio, just, just, just pray. Just let God move. And I'm going to tap the spirit realm. And just let what happened. Now, at first, he may feel awkward. He may be like, I, I don't know, man. I've been at work all day. I've been dealing with figures and numbers. And, you know, I, I don't feel very spiritual. I don't care how he feels. That does not, the well is still in him. All we have to do is stop, drop what we're doing, and begin to call on Jesus. Begin to praise Him. Begin to lift Him up. Hallelujah. That well will start bubbling up. Can you say amen? So the thing, the takeaway from this, that we understand that we are the cap of the well, the takeaway is you cannot gather a congregation, whether it's 40 or 4,000 people, in a church, expect the presence of God to move while everyone remains capped. Is that right or is that right? Come on, Pastor. Everyone comes in capped to see what's going to happen. The presence of God has nowhere to come from. He's not going to jump out of the music. He's not going to shoot out of the pulpit. He's not going to drift down out of the strange atmosphere. The beautiful ambiance. The stage lighting and the architecture. He's not going to ooze out of all those preparations. The church schedule is not going to produce him. If the people don't get uncapped, the presence of God isn't going to show up. I cannot stress this enough. I don't want you to leave today and say, wow, I agree with that. That was a good message. No, no. I started this by saying to you, I went to Jesus. And I said, Lord, show me what our church is supposed to be. And I believe this is what God said to me. So I am charging you, just like I'm charging myself, from this point forward, this is how I need to think about church, and this is how you need to think about it. God is not going to let us hear this word today and then go and just live Monday through Sunday the way we've been living. If we know we are an artesian well, we are now responsible to live accordingly. Can you say amen? amen. Jesus said in Luke chapter tw- uh, 17 and verse 21, Behold, which means look and see. Everyone say, look and see. Look and see. Jesus said, look and see. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God. Again, everything he said points to the fact that that bubbling fountain is the image of the kingdom of God. That is church. That's what church should look like. When someone says, show me faith Christian church in the middle of Clearwater, that's what God wants it to look like. Do you see that picture? That is what God wants us to look like. I'm not sure that's really what we look like. I'm not sure. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just simply telling you I'm willing to say I'm not sure that's what we look like. We may look like a rusted pipe with a galvanized pipe with a big cap screwed down on it. We might. I mean, I think each of us have got to ask because every one of us are a pipe that has been tapped down into Jesus. Let me say to you that everything we do from teaching in Sunday school, preparing songs, singing, worshiping, praying, everything we do when we gather together must be done to open the taps within each one of us. That should be the goal of everything we do. If the presence of God isn't flowing, then we 
somewhere have got those taps locked down and we need to open them up. That's the first thing we need to do is open the tap. Open the tap. And you know what? In most cases, there's some taps sitting around thinking somebody else ought to open their tap. So before you sit there and start letting your mind go around the sanctuary, say, mm-hmm, talk to them, talk to them, talk to them. They need to hear this. I know somebody that needs to hear this today. You need to sit there and you need to think within yourself, I need, this is me. Because let me tell you, I am not preaching to anybody in this sanctuary more than I'm preaching to myself right now. I'm not jumping on anybody's toes more than I'm jumping on my own toes. Nobody has capped the anointing more than, than I have in this church. Nobody has held back the anointing more than me. Hallelujah. And, and so, you know why I joyously embrace that idea? Because that means I can open it. If I can close it, I can open it. If I can, if I can sit on it, if I can sit on it, I can jump up and let it go. Are you listening to me? If you can close the anointing, you can open the anointing. Hallelujah. One of the best examples I've always loved, it's very simple, I think people quote it all the time, they never realize the depth of revelation that's in it. It's taken out of Psalm 40, verse 16. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Now, we always say, there's even songs, I will rejoice and be glad in you. But one day the Lord took me to this verse and he opened it up to me. I'm going to be real quick and open it up for you today. God says, may everyone who seeks me. Now, let's pause for a moment. Look at our text. Jesus stood up and he cried. Whoever <coughs> believes in me. If you believe in Jesus, you come together, you want to be the church. If you believe in Jesus, what do we do? Out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus told you, you believe in me, you want to see me move. Out of your heart, not out of someone else, out of your heart flow the rivers of living water. Now let's go back to Psalm. May all who seek you, if you're seeking God, you need a touch from God, you need a visitation of the Lord in your family, you need a breakthrough, you need a healing, you need to see God move in your life. Let's put this question where it belongs. Let all who seek you rejoice. You rejoice. And be, the original Hebrew doesn't just say, and be glad. It says, be made glad. How many people come to church, sit down, capped and closed off, and then leave saying, the church didn't make me glad today? I don't know that I need to go to church anymore. I keep going to this church and it's not making me glad. But the Bible doesn't say, let all who seek me go to church and, and let church make you glad. The Bible says, let all who seek me rejoice and be made glad. You rejoice and you will be made glad. You rejoice and you will be made glad. You rejoice, you will be made glad. Let me tell you what the church is. It is the collective of God's people, the taps of the artesian well coming together and opening those spigots and rejoicing in the Lord. Isn't it better to rejoice and be made glad than to complain and be made sad? Maybe the problem, I'm just suggesting, maybe the problem is all week long you've been complaining and now you've been made sad. 
Why do I feel so sad? I have an issue with anger. You, you know what I'm talking about? Somebody's making a lot of money. Someone's making a lot of money off of anger management courses. Anger management. Oh, my goodness. I, my husband has anger management issues. And you know what? He's had them so long, it's getting under my skin, and I think I'm getting an anger management issue. Jesus said, you want to seek me? Rejoice! Keep your money. And be made glad. Why would he say that? Is it cruel? Does he think you don't need counseling? You don't need help? Jesus is the wonderful counselor. Why is he the wonderful counselor? Because you can pay some fool 125 bucks an hour to talk to you about your anger if you want to. But he's not the mighty God and everlasting father. The Bible says Jesus is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. Hallelujah. That's why he's the wonderful counselor, because he's the mighty God. And he's the everlasting father. Hallelujah. So rejoice and you will be made glad. Why? Because you are an artesian well. And the church is supposed to be an artesian well. Somebody say praise the Lord. Woo, hallelujah. I'm starting to feel happy. Glory to God. I think I could just stop right now and praise the Lord a little bit. But that's what God wants our church to be. And can I say this to you at this point? Because as I pick this message up in coming weeks and we move forward with it, acting upon it, and we are going to act upon it. As we move forward and act upon it, you need to hear what I'm about to say to you right now. And it needs to, it needs to be a, a found part of the foundation in your mind and your understanding. And that is simply this. The Artesian Church isn't just about opening the collective tap and flowing in the sanctuary on Sunday. The Artesian Church, I said, Jesus, show us what Faith Christian Church is supposed to be. It's not just opening the collective tap on Sunday in the sanctuary, but it's about opening those taps, plural. So the living water can flow everywhere you go seven days a week. It's so that when we leave, we keep those taps open. Yes. Church isn't something you attend. It is the experience of opening up to God every day. That's why you need and I need to be in unbroken communion and prayer and fellowship and in the Word with God continuously because you are a tap of the living water. Wouldn't it be better? You wouldn't be mad. You wouldn't be sad. You wouldn't get had. Hallelujah. But you'd be glad. You'd rejoice. Some joy would be flowing out. The devil couldn't have his way with you. Hallelujah. I'm going to clo- close this morning talking about the flow. I've talked about the tap. Now, you, you notice in this picture the flow. That fountain's just bubbling. And it's filling that beautiful fountain there. And then, of course, it's, it's creating this river and it's flowing out. and probably into some sort of useful irrigation. Let me say to you today that the health 
and size. A faith Christian church is directly related to the flow. Let that sink in. The health of our church, the size of our church, the effectiveness of our church, the getting up before service and saying, I don't see any visitors. All of that is directly related to the flow. If there were a flow, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Yes. Are you listening yes. to me? Yes. Not just the flow in the service, but the flow in your life and mine when we leave the service. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The growth, the health, is all because you can't fool God with a church service. You can't fool God with a church service. So don't fool yourself with a church service. The Lord said, out of your belly, out of your heart, out of your innermost being should flow rivers of living water. You can't fool Him. You can't just get up, preach out of the Bible, sing songs about Jesus, and fool God into thinking this is a church. That sounds pretty harsh. I know I don't mean to be negative. But we live in an hour where we desperately need truth. We need, we need true truth. So the flow is everything. It's everything. It is the thing that drives what we are, how healthy we are, and what we're going to become. How we manage the flow of God's presence is what makes us a church. And it's what determines what kind of church we're going to be. Whether we are an individual drinking fountain or whether we're a public irrigation system. We can either be, either way it's still an artesian well. The water's still the water. The pressure's still there. God's still moving. But you could put a tap on it and a little spigot. And one person at a time could go up and get a little lick. Get a little drink. In coming weeks, I'm going to share with you about the volume of the water. There's a difference between that little shoot. You know, I remember being in school, going to the fountain, hit that thing, broom, the water would squirt out. You just have to kind of get it as it was coming out. There's a difference between that little squirt of water and when I drive about a couple miles down the, I hit, see the Gulf of Mexico. Can I say to you today, nobody comes to Clearwater drinking fountain. The Bible says they come to Clearwater Beach. Are you listening to me? Nobody leaves Germany, England, Spain, South America, Europe, Asia, or across the United States, spend thousands of dollars, bring their family to Clearwater Drinking Fountain. If it was just one person at a time getting a little lick, nobody would be coming. People don't think it's for them until there's enough water for everybody. Are you listening? Until there's enough water flowing for everyone, they figure it's private. Everybody comes to church to get their little slake, their own little thirst. It's the reason why I ask you to pray for one another. Many of you realized that the moment you prayed for one another in this service that you're weak in that area. That you don't have an instant charged up heart ready to release blessing on somebody. Because when you only live off of a little drinking fountain slurp once in a while, 
your strength is going to be according to how much you let that living water flow. But when there's a river flowing and you're part of that river, that's where the strength, that's where the power comes from. Hallelujah. People spend tons of money and come here because there's a vast sea out there. Gulf of Mexico. Nobody says, that's my corner. That's my piece of water. People just run and jump in it. Move out, you know. And if someone's in the way, you just move a little to the left or right. There's enough for everybody. That's an artesian well. That's what, it may only produce a gallon a minute. But you let that flow keep flowing. And I'll tell you, there'll be enough for everybody. God wants to flood clear water. Are you listening to me? He wants to flood this city. He wants to flood. Oh, if we would leave the taps open, the Lord would flood this city. Can you say amen? So how we manage the flow of God's presence is what makes us a church and what determines what kind of church we'll be. So it begins with one thing this morning. It begins with deciding to open your tap. That's all I'm going to ask you to, to do this morning after hearing what I've said is I want you to start with you. Yes. I'm starting with me. I am too. And I want you to start with you. Yes. I am a tap. I'm a tap. I'm tapped into the artesian well. And I can decide whether I'm going to put a little drinking fountain or if I'm going to open up and let the flow go. Yes. And uh, if each of you would decide I'm going to open the taps yes. in my life yes. instead of uh, complaining and being mad I'm going to rejoice and be glad yes. hallelujah you know what I'm saying yes. if we are the tap then how we are mentally emotionally and physically and verbally determines the flow That's right. it's not the atmosphere God no. doesn't drift out of the atmosphere he comes through us if you're open if you live open, then what I'm asking you this morning in this closing prayer, can you join me and say, Lord, whatever in me is hindering the flow, if there are habits, thoughts, things in me that shut down the flow, you see, the Lord's there. He's never left you. The presence of God is in your life most definitely. The unhappiness that you feel, the loneliness, the stress. The answer is within you. The healing you need, the answer's within you. So can we begin today by saying, you know what? If we want to see a greater manifestation of, the, of God in our church, this water starts bubbling up and it starts flowing. People start jumping in the fountain and coming out healed. And let me tell you what. You, you'll have to have two or three, four services in this place today while you're building a bigger place. They will come running. They will come running. Because Jesus isn't looking for an atmosphere. He's looking for an inner sphere. Hallelujah. He wants those taps open. And so that's our altar call today. I'd like you to stand up if Chris will come to the piano. Our... Our response today, our response is, am I willing to surrender the things in me that are shutting down the flow? Am I willing to open the tap and let God flow in my life? 
And I would, I would just say this to you <clears throat> out of my own personal experience. <clears throat> you are probably wrestling with habits and with things in your life that are indeed limiting the times at which that tap is open, how much it's open. And <clears throat> they are so habitual that you don't feel you have the power. You're not sure you have the will or inclination necessary to, to break those off. That's probably true of most of us. You can ask the Father yes. to help you. Yes. For example, in Romans 8, when we know not what to pray for as we ought, He sent the Holy Spirit to help. Wow. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. He is your helper. You can say, Lord, <clears throat> I do believe. Help my unbelief. I am willing. Help me to be willing. Help me today. Pray the conviction. I'm not talking about the condemnation. I'm talking about that joyous conviction that's full of hope. Pray it upon yourself. Lord, let the fire of God come on me. Let the fire of the Lord burn inside of me. Let God begin to stir and break up the fallow ground within me. And the Lord will help you. He'll help you. Maybe opening that spigot, widening that opening, was not going to happen all at once. It may be a little bit one day, a little bit the next, but you're not going to back down. You're not going to slow up. Chris, go ahead and get started there on that thing. Hallelujah. Listen, I don't care what kind of way the preachers messed up the message or said things wrong, but if an anointed man sits at the organ or the piano hits those opening chords, it makes everything all right. It pulls everything together. Hallelujah. And right now, God's wanting to pull everything together. He's wanting to make it all right. So if you would, I'd like you just to lift up your hands to Jesus. You see, you're a, you're a tap. You're a well. And you're going to act like you're open even if you don't feel like you are. Hallelujah. As an act of faith, and let's pray this together. Just softly, Chris, if you will. Father, I am a tap. Because, Lord, Jesus has come into my life. And the living water of the Holy Spirit is in me. Lord, open me up. Help me to be open to you. In whatever way, I have let myself be shut down. Lord, I put myself in your hands. Open me up. Let me be an open tap. An artesian Christian. And a part of the artesian church. In Jesus' name, give him some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, 